Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show to help you reach millions. And today we have quite the topic for you. If you are looking to make money online, you have probably heard about courses. You might think courses are alive and well, you might think they're dead. We're going to dive into it today with Molly. Molly started off as a photographer. She was sick of trading time for dollars, aren't we all? And she moved into course creation. Um, she was a member of Inner Circle right at the very beginning. She was in there with a lot of cool people, but she was able to grow her course sales to a couple million dollars a year. That led her to time freedom, which is what everybody always wants. Molly, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hello. Very excited. Love chatting about online business. <laughs> awesome. Well, we are going to dive into it. Just kind of take me back to the beginning, though. Like, you started off as a photographer, running around a slave to your calendar. How did you go from that to online course creation? And how did we get here? Yeah, so many things led me to wanting to do less photography. And, you know, so basically I started as a photographer, was really busy, things were going really well, and other photographers started asking me how I did it. So that's one of the first things that kind of got my noggin going was like, oh, maybe I could teach people. And then I found an online course online that I purchased. And when I logged in, I was like, oh, this is so cool. There's all these modules and lessons and things. And she's not having to repeat herself like I was doing in coaching sessions. She's not having to repeat herself like I was doing in workshops. Like she could just record it, put it online, sell it an unlimited number of times. I'm sure you guys like already understand what courses are, but it literally blew my mind. And um, this was actually, some of you guys might know Marie Forleo's course back in like 2013. And I think I, I looked it up and it was, I did the math on like students and how much she charged for the course. And it was like $20 million in sales or something like that. And I was like, like my mind was blown. I mean, I was like busting my butt just to do, you know, 200, $300,000 a year with photography. And so I thought this is super cool. Um, and so, yeah, that that's basically how I got into deciding to do digital products and courses was I wanted to stop doing the coaching, the workshops and the photography. Nice. Okay. So what was like step one? Was step one, like if you're just getting new and you're starting with courses, especially back then, it wasn't like you had an all-in-one site that you could just easily go to and set up. We're going to talk about how to build a course probably a little bit later, but like, what was your step one from like, Marie just blew my mind, $20 million in sales. Okay. Most people would be like, I could never do that. Instead, you said, I can do that. I understand. Like I've done a workshop. I'm good at teaching. What was the thing that you did first? Like, how did you start your journey? So the very first thing I did was actually block out time on my calendar to actually go ahead and start this other endeavor. And that's the thing that a lot of people struggle with is they'll have a really successful service business or a really successful um, you know, content creation business or something like that. But then they're like, I don't have time to be creating a course. So what I did was I said, okay, every Friday I'm going to block off. I'm not going to take any photo shoots. I'm not going to do anything with my service-based business. And I'm just going to focus on um, my courses and digital products. And what I did very, very first actually was I decided to start blogging once a week. So 
I just was like, I'm going to make blogs. And this was 2014. Okay. So nowadays I do YouTube instead of blogging, but back in 2014, uh, I did one blog a week and I made sure that the blog was specific to the ideal client that I wanted. So photographers, and then I gave them freebies on my blog and got them onto my email list. And once I had, I think I waited until I had a couple thousand, but you really don't need to wait until that long. You really only need maybe like two, 300 people on your email list. But once I did that, then I was like, okay, now I can go ahead and create a course that I can sell to this email list. But man, I have so many stories because my very first course was actually like a total bomb. Like it did terrible. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, you and I were talking before the show. I mean, my first live event, I quit my job, sold everything, moved to Las Vegas, went all in on events, went to hold my first event, spent $40,000 and made $800 in sales, had to cancel the event. Otherwise there would have been two people in the room. So it sounds like you had a similar experience, but we all start somewhere, right? And honestly, we learn more from failure than we do from success. So talk to me a little bit about what that looked like. Yeah, so I think I'm sort of like, too much of an optimist. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, Marie Forleo, $20 million. Psh, I'll do this in a week. <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm like this. Uh, but yeah. So when I, you know, I built up this audience through blogging and I put out this first course and what I did wrong <laughs> was I created the course that I wanted to create. I didn't ask my, you know, potential customers, what do you want? What are your pain points? What can I help you with? And I wasn't even listening to them. I had already done in-person workshops and coaching. So you would think that I would have listened to those pain points that they were having and create a course on that. But instead I decided my very first course was going to be all about business, setting up your business, setting up your LLC, like just like all these random, like businessy things. And that's not what my ideal customers wanted. What their number one pain point was for my specific ideal uh, client was they wanted more bookings, which makes sense. You know, any service-based business, they probably want more bookings, more clients, more revenue, more money. What business doesn't want more money, right? So then when I, I did sell a, a few people into that first course, but I also did things the wrong way where I recorded everything before I sold the course. So, uh, you know, because I had a studio with high, you know, quality camera equipment. So I thought, well, I have to do it this way. It has to look professional. So I spent literally months and months and months growing the following, creating the professional course, doing all these things only to sell. I think it was literally like maybe three to five people in. And so I learned the hard way that you don't need to wait until you're at thousands of followers. you definitely should not uh, create a course based on what you want to create. And you definitely should not create your course before you sell it. So the second course I created, I listened to my audience. I surveyed them. I made a course about marketing and getting clients and I pre-sold the course before I created it. So I can talk a little bit about pre-selling if. if yeah, we okay. can go down that route. Cause I okay. think that I, first off, I think you, you're right. You made all the mistakes that people, people are like, but I'm going to make it like, I know how to teach this thing. I know how to do this thing. And that's what I'm going to do. Well, like, that's fine, but phrase it in a way that your audience will understand and want and test your audience before you spend all the time and energy making it. I have mixed thoughts on the go as you, as you like build it after, I think you should, but I think I don't know. I've seen so many people launch. You can give me feedback on this because this is, 
I've seen so many people launch a course where it's just 25 people on a Zoom call and the person kind of teaching. And like, that doesn't really work for me for a course. It's not 12 90 minute sessions of somebody just standing there lecturing. Um, how do you see building a course as you go? Give us the right way and the wrong way. I think I just kind of laid out the wrong way because that's why I think most courses aren't completed. Somebody's just standing up there talking to yeah. a room full of people. It's boring. It's not engaging. And at the end of the day, that doesn't feel like a course that feels like yeah. somebody taught and they're trying to sell it on the back end. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. You definitely need the course to actually be good. And like you, like, it seems like you have, at least, um, I have bought a lot of courses that were just like thrown together last minute or the worst for me is they take a recording of like an event or something. And then they just like, say it's a course like that actually like really irritates me. Um, so what I do with my students, and this is also what I did with my successful courses, is I actually take the time to really build out the curriculum. So I'm not just pre-selling. I am coming up with the offer and how I'm going to pre-sell it, but I'm also coming up with the actual curriculum and laying that out ahead of time. If you have a following, you can also ask them, what are your, you know, what are your biggest pain points, things like that. So that way you can make sure that the course is actually answering their questions. But another reason I like to pre-sell is because you can actually, just like you said, you're creating the course as you go, but I'll, I'll give you some tips on that. But what's cool about that is if you're doing it correctly and you're having specific sessions that are like, specific to Q and A or specific to things like that, then you're learning along the way, like, oh, wow, I didn't realize they were going to have this question, or I didn't realize they're going to be confused about this, or I didn't realize they would want this download. And that way you're not just creating the course based on what you think should go in it. You're actually making the course specifically to help your students, which is really cool. So there's a ton of different ways that you can teach a course that you've pre-sold. Um, I've done it a couple different ways. I've done it. Number one, where I will pre-record like, let's say I have six modules. I will pre-record one or two modules. So that way when they buy, they get the login modules one and two are like waiting for them. And then as they're going through those, then I have time to kind of, okay, now I'm going to make three and four. Now I'm going to make four and five or whatever. So I've done that. I've also done it where like the really quick and dirty way is where I will get people in like, once they buy, I will add them to a Facebook group that's specifically for the purchasers. And then I will give them a schedule that's like on, um, you know, once a week for six weeks, I'm going to teach one module, but then there's also like Q and a sessions or implementation sessions, different things. And how I pre-sell it though, which I think is really important is I tell people, this is what the course is going to be like. So I don't try to trick them into thinking that it's like an already, you know, three-year-old pre-recorded login type of course. I tell them like, Hey, the cool thing about you getting in the course now is it's the lowest price. You're actually going to get to learn it like live with us and you get the recordings, you get access to ask me questions, which typically, you know, I won't include in courses. Right. Um, but then you also get lifetime access. So once I recreate the course, because from that first version, I do always take a lot of notes and I remake the whole course. Like then I will professionally record it and things like that. And I tell them, look, you're getting all the future updates and all of these things. So that's kind of how I do the teaching the course. Once I pre-sell it is I, I frame it in a way that's like, this is the cool thing about how you're getting these things live, but then you're also getting like the pro whatever version after that too. 
That's I love that. I think that's really good. Do you let's talk about pricing a little bit and I do want to touch on how you said to sell it because I think that is correct. A lot of people are like, well, if I sell something that's not created, people are going to judge me because the biggest fear everybody has, mm-hmm. especially when they're- I've had people newer. say, if I sell something that doesn't exist, it's a scam. And I say, well, what's a workshop then? That, yeah. Because that, that's literally just all that it is. <laughs> that's If you tell people, it is a different conversation than- saying, hey, this course is amazing, blah, blah, blah. But if you say, hey, this is the deal, it, it is going to be the quick and dirty or the beta, which means that I will actually get to interact with you building it. So not only am I giving you the things that you need, but you also get Q&A, you also get a little bit of group coaching and some custom guidance. People are like, oh, and it's a bonus, right? And you get the it's, lowest price, typically. Like most people launch it at the lowest, so yeah. Well, that's the, it's it's the difference between you know, this is something that I'm throwing together. And this is something that is beneficial to you. What people really buy is outcomes. And that has to do with the way people think about it. So the next question I had was on pricing. What do you think courses should be priced at? This is going to be a fun one. (laughs) Yeah. So it's so easy with like services to be like, oh, I want to make this much revenue per year. I can take this many clients, divide the revenue by client. That's my average package, right? Like boom, math, right? But when it comes to digital products, it's like you can literally sell an unlimited amount. So how the heck do you price that? So just like you already hinted at, you said people buy courses for the outcome. And that's also how I price the courses. I price them based on the result that they're getting. So let's say you have a course where you're going to help somebody. Um, I actually have a student right now who's teaching people how to wholesale mobile homes. Um, and she said like their first deal will be on average, like $10,000 profit or something like that. So it's like, oh, wow, well, you could easily then charge, you know, 997, even maybe $1,997. And that way you can use it in your marketing and say your first deal on average is going to yield you, you know, $10,000. And so even if you just make one deal from this course, like even if you mess up and you don't make 10 deals, you just make one. Um, granted, I don't know anything about mobile home selling or wholesaling. So keep that in mind, but like, let's say that that's what you're saying. Then it's, it's a no brainer in people's heads. Like, well, yeah, if I spend a thousand, then I can potentially make at least 10,000, you know? Um, now, as far as the price range goes, it really depends how you want to sell courses. So I don't typically, I don't, I shouldn't say typically, I don't teach high ticket course selling. I used to have a high ticket course and We can go all day about why I don't actually like high ticket and why I don't want to do it. But the range that I teach is $297 to $1997. And the reason I teach that range is because first of all, if you are eventually going to run ads, you can't have like a freaking $97 course. Like, I mean, you could probably speak to that. You used to have an ads agency. It's going to be really hard, um, especially with the cost of ads going up to get a customer at that low of a price point, right? Um, but I do have, you know, students that come to me and they're not confident enough to sell it at $2,000 yet. So I say, look, sell it at what you're confident at. And then once you make those sales, you can raise it over time. So right now my course is actually, um, well, and like the original price is 4,000, but if they get the sale price, it's 1997, but I didn't start it at that price. You know, I gained the testimonials, I gained the confidence, and then I raised it over time. Awesome. I think I agree with that. Um, I definitely think people like people are like, 
they get stuck in this. They look at Udemy or they look at something and they're like, <laughs> well, I can't charge more than like $49. I'm like, no, 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 you can charge. You should start. I tell people $4.97 at the absolute bottom end, but really yeah. $9.97, pretty much everybody will accept a $9.97 price point, but you have to feel confident. And if you don't feel confident, you need to practice, 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 practice until you do. Um, and then you touched on exactly like people are like, well, why? Like if it's 997, well, if you're running JV traffic, which is one of your main traffic sources, if you're doing this correctly, in my opinion, you're going to have to give them 40% of the sale. So if you're looking for quote free traffic or risk-free traffic, which risk-free means they don't get paid till you sell, you're going to have to offer them. And like somebody who shows up and wants me to JV with them and gives says, oh, it's going to be 10% or 20%. I'm not going to do that. Nor will anybody. That's work. like, if you price your course at 297, no one's going to even want the $100. Like they're going to want something bigger yeah. than that. So, yeah. I mean, I won't get involved unless it's 997 is the cheapest that I'll look at because that's $400 per sale which I know I'm going to drive somewhere between 10 and 15, maybe 20 sales if it's really, really good. So if I look at that, it doesn't make sense to me to put all the time and effort into doing the emails and running everything because there's another offer out there that will. So just as a rule of thumb, I think you're on the right track. Now let's talk about how you drive traffic. So I just touched on one. How do you drive traffic? What do you like to do? What do you tell people to do? They're just getting started with courses. Actually, I'd love to know what you did. You said you yeah. blogged, built an email list, and then sold to that list. Yeah, so really quickly, one of the last things I want to say about pricing is the other reason I like that price range is because of I like to teach people how to sell their courses passively. Now I'm going to put that in quotes because obviously you have to put work up front before you can just get sales while you're sleeping and all of that. But that's a good price range. Like it's going to be very hard to convert somebody at like $6,000 without like a salesperson getting involved or something like that. That's just been yeah. my experience. Okay. So let's go down memory lane, shall we? So started my first uh, course business in 2014. Blogging was like it guys. This is when there was RSS feeds. And I bought the book pro blogger by Darren Rouse. That was like hot back then, you know, blogs still work today, but I definitely don't feel like they're as trendy as they were when I got involved in it in 2014, because that's also when Pinterest first came out and like, dang, I mean, I was just like running traffic to my blog from Pinterest, like nothing. Um, but don't, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that's nice for you, Molly, like, don't get discouraged. There's still things that are happening today that are just as great as the blogging and Pinterest was back then. It's just different. And that's just, things will always evolve. And that's kind of one of the things you have to be ready for to be successful is you have to be ready to like shift with those trends. So I did blogging and Pinterest. Um, I did, I had a Facebook group that I was very active in like moving people. So I started, they went to the blog. Oh, let me start from the beginning. They probably found me on Pinterest. Then they went to the blog. Then they would download a freebie, get on my email list. Then we would invite them to the Facebook group, do the whole Russell Brunson welcome email series. Um, you know, huge. If you have not read Russell's books yet, like what are you sleeping on them for? They're so good. But yeah, so did that. And so that that's really like from 2014 to 2016, that's pretty much all I did. And I we had an email list of like, 
50,000 people just from that. Um, so don't sleep on the power of just like focusing in on one thing, but then this is when ads were like very intriguing to me, very hot. Um, so I actually convinced my husband to quit his job <laughs> and run our Facebook ads and he nailed it. I mean, we literally scaled I think, um, yeah, just with the organic traffic, we got to $500,000 a year with an 85% profit margin. I remember my accountant calling me and being like, you have the highest profit margin out of all of our clients. And they're based in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> so I didn't realize at the time how cool that was to have such a great profit margin, but it was. Um, so then we ran ads and ads were awesome for scaling. And we got to $2 million per year. But with that, you know, the ad costs can become very expensive over time. And we found ourselves at one point, we only had like a 30% profit margin. And so it was interesting because when you ran the math, we were actually at some point more profitable without the ads <laughs> than we were with the ads. And I'm definitely not here to just like 100% hate on ads. I think having a combo of organic and ads is, is really good. But I'll tell you one of the mistakes I made was once we got into ads, I was so busy with doing the creative um, because I'm the face and I, no one can make the videos for me. Like, sure, you can pay a UGC creator or something, but I was in a very small niche. I taught specifically boudoir photographers, so it was important that it was me. There was no UGC creators at the time doing boudoir content. So anyways, um, but I stopped doing the organic when I started doing the ads, which was bad. I feel like you really need to have both. Okay. There's, there's a lot in there. Um, man, I'm just picturing you trying to have like, like the content creation, like, this is what I need. You don't make it like you can't do it. Trying to figure that out. The anyway, um, I think ads, so you hit on the main thing, right? So you were doing really well. You're, you were at an 85% profit margin, just so you, anyone listening is trying to figure this out. Digital people, like people that are in the digital space, usually you want to see like, I would say 60 to 70% profit margin. You want to get to more than that if you can, but that's most people tap out around 70. The fact that you were at like an 85%, that means that you had a 15% cost, which is really like you're and probably we had just a team. paying a VA. We also did right? have a team. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is a really, really good profit margin. The minute you start running ads, though, you are going to incur a lot of costs because it does cost money. Um, <laughs> I would be really interested. Have you played around at all with um, micro influencers? I, like like the UGC thing, right? Like, well, like. Oh, just going or to... contacting them to promote my stuff. Yeah. That's, how, that's on my docket, friend. Well, <laughs> yeah, that I love like, that idea. So we were talking about inner circle before this. This is, You guys are getting behind the scenes stuff here. So we were talking about inner circle before this. That's what a lot of people in inner circle are starting to do because mm -hmm. people that have followings of 10, 10 to like 50,000, they don't understand how to make any money. They're doing it so they get like a free lipstick. This like, is actually another one of my um, main ideal. Like, so I actually have multiple ideal clients with this business, but content creators are my ideal client because you're right. They're making no money. And if they could just even sell one digital product, they would yeah, it game over. It, <laughs> yeah. If I had to start again from scratch tomorrow, you guys you have read. Year? Well, if you've read like Russell's book, right? If I had to start tomorrow, I think what I would do, I think the easiest thing is find YouTube channels and Instagrams, TikToks that have like 50 to 75K 
followers, they're mm -hmm. only making ad revenue if they're on YouTube or they're doing stuff for free. If they did one digital course, one, they would be a millionaire because mm -hmm. they, they have the list and they have the following. Yeah. That's literally what I help people with for exactly. There you go. <laughs> I actually it. have a student right now. She has over 60 some thousand followers on YouTube. Um, but she wasn't selling anything other than like the occasional in-person workshop. And it's literally like she's one week in and she's already made $10,000. Like it's, it's like, it's like when you have a following that's aligned, it's so easy guys. Um, do you want me to share how I market now? Because that's how I did before. Yeah. Let's go um, really quick before you get into that. Yeah. If you guys, I want you to catch on to what Molly just said, because it is, it is the gold <laughs> of where everything starts. And that is you, you need to have like, as you do this, develop an email list, because yeah. that right there is I even if you're like, but I hate email, or I don't want to email people. If you have a list, that is where the money is. Because whether I'm, I believe you should sell a course, but whether you're selling a course for yourself, on my list right now, I don't sell anything directly to because I don't have I, I don't like selling my course. That's another story we can talk about. <laughs> I want to listen to that episode. <laughs> but I sell other people's courses. Yeah. And that brings in for me somewhere between 50 and 80K a year. So like awesome. being able to have a list, it is a it is your business. That's the thing that that Molly just said. And that's behind all of this. Like, yes, you need something to sell them. And of course, it's a great thing. So, okay, let's go into how you do your marketing now. Sure. And, and before I have to reply to what you just said, it kills me inside that. So I'm on YouTube and it kills me inside that all I want to do is make videos about how freaking important the email list is, but it is like the least sexy topic. If you search on YouTube, those videos have like no views. So I cannot make them. Um, but I just want to echo everything you just said. Like if you do not have an email list, you do not have a business basically for online, at least. Um, if you look at Mr. Beast, you go to his website. The very first thing you get hit with is a pop-up to join the email list. Kylie Jenner pop-up to join the email list. Like if you don't believe me, go and check out these people that are worth billions of dollars. This is what they're pushing you towards their email list. If Mr. Beast YouTube channel got shut down tomorrow, first of all, he has other channels, which is great, but he also has an email list. So, okay. What? What do you think yep. about, you should, you should make email list sexy. Like you did boudoir photography, like just go be like, <laughs> just lead with that because you know, the, uh, you'll get a million views. Yeah. I made a video about the Kylie Jenner, Mr. Beast all and showing screen shares of how they have the email list literally got like 60 views, like nothing. Yeah, um, nothing. people just don't. And so like, you know, I'm happy to talk about it on podcasts, but Usually I just try to get people into my world and then I slam them with the email list because you, it's just like, I don't understand how it's not sexy because you can literally make millions of dollars from having an email list. So anyways, how I market today, I learned a lot from my last business on what to do and what not to do. And so with this business, we kind of were all over the place in the very beginning, which I feel like you can't like I, I go into starting this new business and I'm like, oh, like this is going to be so easy now because I've learned all these things from before. It's going to be seamless. We're going to have processes from day one. And no, you still need to fumble and make mistakes to learn, you know, when you're in a new niche, new following, all that great stuff. But what we did was the very first thing I did was I started actually um, a Facebook group and I only grew to 200 people. And then I sold in the first 20,000 in 30 days, um, into my first course, um, into my course that way. 
but a Facebook group isn't like a strategy that I feel like is a good long-term play. I just was, I wanted to test it because I knew that my students would want to know what's the fastest way that I can make sales with my course if I have no following. So that's literally why I did that. It was more so a test to help my students than it even was for me. Um, and so, I mean, the Facebook groups are good for that. You can grow a following really quickly. But after I did that, then what I did was I knew that I wanted a long-term play. So I knew that my focus was going to be YouTube. And at the time, TikTok was really hot. So I was on TikTok and YouTube. TikTok, I was able to grow to 7,000 followers in two months just by, just by focusing on it. Like I didn't even put that much time into it. Into it. it was pretty easy. Um, but I use Hyros to track. Um, all of my traffic and like where the sales come from and, and all of that stuff. And what I learned was TikTok is the easiest platform to grow on in my experience, but it yielded me a lot less sales, um, literally less than half than Instagram um, and YouTube did. So YouTube is actually my number one uh, driver. And what's crazy is I will, I grow my email list every day by like 20, 50, hundred new people. And I only have 2,500 subscribers on YouTube right now. Like I'm pretty new to YouTube, but I just want to show you guys the power of that. Like I don't, you don't have to have a hundred thousand followers on YouTube to be growing your email list every single day by that many people. So, um, that's one of the ways YouTube, then I have Instagram, which lately I've been doing reels where I have them comment a word and it's all automated using many chat. And that has been like fire for me lately working super well. I know many chat takes me back to Facebook, like way back in the day. Um, <laughs> and then also guest podcasting brings me a lot of leads. The only thing with guest post podcasting is you literally can't really track it. It's kind of hard to track. Um, it's actually incredibly hard to track. <laughs> so that would be, but yeah, those are my, those are my main sources. Um, and, and that's all I do. I actually don't run any ads. Um, I did a stint of 2021, October, 2021 to June of 2022, we hired an ads guy and we were doing, I don't know, 50 to 80 K months. Um, but I had to do a live webinar every single week. Like we literally could not get the ads. Um, we couldn't get the opt-in cost for an automated webinar cheap enough to make it worth it. But if I did live, we could, but it was absolutely exhausting. And I was like, the whole reason I started this business was to have the whole passive income thing. And so I am very happy with what I have now, which is where I just create content. Uh, organically, people find me, they join, they download my freebies, they get on my email list, they get into my passive funnels. I make sales every single day. My profit margin is literally like 90%. I, the only thing I have to do right now is create content. I have my products made and selling. So I, I love the business model. I'm very happy that I decided to make the move. <laughs> that is awesome. So in short, <laughs> build a small list, figure out what they want, ask them, Make your course with them through a beta. And then once the course is done, reshoot the course, clean it all up. And while you're doing that, continue to grow social media following. And you would recommend, if I heard you correctly, YouTube first, then TikTok, then Insta. Here's my answer. I would recommend that you choose one platform and that you are excited about and put all of your attention into it. I actually don't think it matters what platform you choose as much as like actually make the freaking content people. Like seriously, like I have so many people that want to make passive sales 
but like months go by and they haven't even made one piece of content. I'm like, listen, this is if, if like, if you need me to yell at you right now, like, this is it, like, just make the freaking content, make it bad, do it bad, (laughs) do it anyways, post it when you hate it. Like I literally had to record YouTube videos. I woke up with a giant pimple on my face this morning and I did it anyways. Like who cares? It's like, I'm not going to not have views on my content because I have a pimple on my face. So just make the dang content. And I know, I don't remember who like originally said this quote, but your content's going to suck. Okay. And you're going to keep creating sucky content until it doesn't suck anymore. So just go make the dang content. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that that quote came from Garrett White. That's what I was going to say. Garrett yeah. would be my guess as well. Yeah. yeah. Garrett, Garrett says, if you guys don't know Garrett, I don't Garrett think he says act- like, he says real swear words though. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> well, you're going to suck. And then you're going to continue doing it. And then you're going to suck less. And then one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, somebody actually watched my video and then <laughs> you're going to be good. And that is correct. If you don't know who Garrett is, he's pretty outspoken. But what I love about Garrett is Garrett posted videos in 2011 of him looking horrible, making videos. And it's called, um, it's called the, it's like the successful entrepreneur or something. And they're horrible, but he leaves them up so that people can see this is a guy that now does probably a hundred million a year. He went from being horrible to not being as horrible to being to the point that people would watch him to actually being good to now being like, he generates, I would and say. Did you hear what he yeah. just said? He said, what, what did you say? 2000, what was it? Seven? 2011. So, okay, 2011. So I, I also want to just drive home here. Like your stuff's going to suck at first, but it's going to become good. Okay. Also, you're not, and like, unless you have incredible luck, luck is a factor for sure. So unless you have incredible luck, you are not going to go viral and be an overnight success. Like your first video is not going to get a million views. Has it happened for people? Yes, but like, it's very unlikely. So my point is just have patience and play the long game. And like, if you, I just have so many students that are like, what do I do to make a million dollars tomorrow? I'm like, look, if you just say, what do I do to make a million dollars in five years? It'll happen for you. (laughs) But like, you just need to have some kind of patience And if, if any, if there was a formula to make a million dollars tomorrow, everyone would be a millionaire. Like there has to be some freaking sacrifice to have this kind of wild success. The wild success can be there for you, but you need to put in the work and have some freaking patience and like, be kind to yourself. (laughs) Well, that's the, there's, there's so many nuggets. What this is turning to, which I want people to see, we kind of talked about your story. We talked about the tactical things, but now I want to touch on the mindset and then we'll wrap this up. And if you guys are like, oh, mindset, I just need to know what to do. We just told you five years, five years, you need the five-year plan. If you're like, but I need the money tomorrow, you're going to wake up five years from now and not have any money. Like I'm, I swear that this is how it works. We, we talk about it all the time in successful circles it's really just a game of running the marathon it is not a sprint gary v actually wrote a book on this um it was called uh, jab jab right hook and it's about that it's a marathon and that's the truth i read that book in 2014 i had had my business for two years first year we lost money second year i made about 40 grand third year we broke 280 i think 270 fourth year we broke a million 
then we can, we hit like big strides, bigger strides. Right. Um, and that's, I want you guys to see that it takes time. So mindset wise, Molly, what do you think? I know we've just talked about, like, if we could just like grab them and tell them like five <laughs> years, do the thing. Yeah. What is the biggest mindset piece mm. that people need when they're creating a course mm. or creating content? Okay. There's so many things. I do want to first share my story because even when I was, you know, with my, my last business, when I was at like the 500 without ads and all that stuff, 500 K per year, I used to do the same thing where I would be like, I don't need mindset. I don't need mindset help. Like I just need the tactics. I just need the blah, blah, blah. Well, Molly post therapy four years after <laughs> post four years of therapy, I am now such a bit better business owner for it. Um, and so, you know, I'm definitely not like Tony Robbins as far as mindset comes, but as far as courses go, you know, I already touched on like the patience and all that, but I think two of the biggest pieces are you need to actually have, and I'm not here to discourage people. I do believe anyone can create a course, but you need to have something good to share with people. Like you can't just take stuff that you learn from Google and put it into a course. Like you need to actually have done something worthy of creating a course. Now that doesn't need to be something crazy. It could literally be like, oh, I learned how to clean my entire house in 10 minutes a day. Like that's cool. <laughs> I think people would probably want to learn that. Right. But I do believe that a really great course is going to come from your actual life experience, which is only a good thing because you know, that's what makes it unique. Um, the other thing is I think it's very important to create a course that's already been done before and is proven to sell, but you interject your unique experience. So that's not really mindset. I guess that's more tactic, but um, the other thing would be like we touched on the patience and then just the mindset of, oh, okay. I, all right. This one's my top. The mindset of like, stop trying to chase. <sighs> Okay. I have students come to me all the time that are like, I want to make money with my course yesterday. Can I just run ads? And I'm like, no, you need to actually build a following. Like, even if you want to run ads eventually someday, you need to have that foundation and you need to know how to make content. Like if you don't know how to make content, you're just going to make shitty ads and they're not going to convert. Like uh, uh, something that worked well for me was taking my top organic content and then running that as an ad. So like, you already need to know how to make content. So my point here is have the mindset of if I never quit and I put this time into growing this following, I will eventually be successful. Like I have literally grown four successful businesses. Like let's see, booty shorts, venture shorts, Molly Marie photography and freedom creator. So four successful businesses in a row um, that have two of them did multiple six figures a year. Two of them did seven figures per year. And the only thing that I did was I never freaking quit on these businesses. Never. Like, I, and it was never an option in my mind, never an option in my mind. I was just like, I'm going to continue doing this until it is successful. And I think that that's the mindset that you need to have to be successful. Not like, oh, if I may, if I don't make 10 grand in two months, I'm quitting. Well, then you're, then it's not going to work out for you. Like I'll tell you right now, you have to have the mindset that I love this thing. I'm passionate about this thing. I have a mission to help people with this thing. Therefore, I will not quit until it is successful. And even when, cause here's the thing, even once you're successful, 
That doesn't mean life gets easy. In fact, my business was the hardest it ever freaking was when I was making $2 million per year. Like it was for freaking hard. And so you need to know that there will be roadblocks in the way um, that come up that are going to be just as hard as like starting your business. But you need to have the mindset that like, oh, well, this is just another roadblock. Having a business is solving problems. I will overcome this roadblock. I will solve this problem. And then we'll be on our merry way again. (laughs) That's, I mean, that is very few people want to hear that, but it is so true. The bigger your business gets, the better opportunities are going to come your way. Everything like shiny objects get even louder because it's like, oh, here's this thing that's 50K or here's this thing that's 200,000 that you can spend money on and supposed to help you, but you have to be better at discerning whether it will or won't. Oh my gosh. I wish I had heard this from you four years ago. That That is gold, guys. Write that down. Like you need to be good at discerning because in the beginning, I just took every opportunity that came my way because I was at zero. So any opportunity was a good opportunity, but once you're successful, not every opportunity is a good opportunity. If you're already successful with one product, like you might not actually want to add another product. You might not actually want to write a book. You might not actually want to blah, blah, blah. Like you need to pick your opportunities, um, very carefully. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's really good advice. It it really, it gets louder and it gets to your point, like the, the roadblocks get bigger and it's like, it's like, a, I tell people it's like a video game, right? Like Mario brothers level one, like there's one flower that pops up. It's really just about learning how to jump and learning how to like run a little faster. Right. But by level nine, like you got flying things, you've got bullets, you've got fireballs <laughs> like there. And entrepreneurship is the same way because the challenges get bigger. I remember I had talking about email lists, right? I had an email list of 90,000 get shut down and taken from me. No, did you back it up? At the time? No, I didn't. I didn't know any better. (laughs) And I had spent, it was, it was year two of my business and I had spent nearly all of the profit to build the list. Mm -hmm. I had, I'd run a ton to build that list because I knew the list was where the value was. And then it got taken and it was gone. But look what Steve didn't do. He didn't quit. He's still in business. He's still going. It's, it was, it was a bad day, but I was like, you know what? I would have been crying for like a month. Good for you. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was, I was just like, what do I do? And I was like, I I remember like sitting there, it was 6am and I was like, we're going into a launch. And I was just like, Oh. oh, this is like, this is bad. And then I was like, well, I guess one, I'm going to cancel the launch. Two, I know how I built that list. So let's go. Let's just get it up. We had a 20K list, I think, within about four months. It took and a little the, bit. Oh, and I love that because it's like, you probably wouldn't have added that many people if you if you didn't have that happen to you. So That's, you can make any bad situation into a good situation. I love that. Well, I think, I, last question. on that because I think that it's true so many people are like but I'm struggling I need this thing and like blah 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 like all (laughs) the stuff right but the thing is breakdown and hard times are what lead to our breakthroughs and the successes that we had I can literally point to like major income spikes Mm -hmm. following I wouldn't say like a breakdown like like the one I just described was a pretty bad one but like minor things right um, all kinds of stuff, an ad account getting shut down or losing oh, yeah. a venue. This I is all a walk in the park for me. Oh yeah. 
like you just have these things that happen but the first time they happen they're like yeah. oh it's like mario falls in a hole and dies and you're like well why'd that happen crap and then next time you get there you can jump over that hole but what what in your in your thought process of this like what would be the thing that you would tell somebody about like having a breakdown to a breakthrough, because that's the, like, is there one breakdown that you can point to? I've shared like three or four of mine, but I, they're now they're, they're like, okay, cool. Let's figure it out. And let's go to the next thing. What was one that you thought was really hard that you overcame? And now you kind of look back at and you laugh at. Oh my God. I have so many guys. And I do want to say that I know we're like all doom and gloom. Like there's all these roadblocks and it gets harder <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. But guess what? You also, when it gets harder, you're making a ton of money. And like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to put it any other way. Like it's great. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. get to design your life exactly how you want it to be. You don't have to think about money. You don't have to think about what you're paying for at the grocery store. Like it's all worth it. And you, like you said, you have more money to spend on cool opportunities to help your following. Like, yeah. oh, I want to write a book. Boom. Done. I have the money to do that. You know what I mean? So it's not all doom and gloom. I just want to say, but, oh yeah, I've had so many, uh, big mistakes. I would say our most recent one. Um, like I told you guys about the ads, like we had the ads going really well. <laughs> I'll tell a funny story and then I will tell the, the downfall. <laughs> Okay. So I was doing live webinars every single week and we were in Puerto Rico because we were on vacation and I woke up and I must've eaten some bad food. Okay. And we'll just leave it at that. So I had to give a live webinar, <laughs> like crossing my fingers that I wasn't going to like crap my pants. And I was literally like sweating. Like you could see me on the camera because I had food poisoning and I'm like giving a webinar live and I couldn't reschedule it because we had put all this money into the ads. <laughs> Yep, you got to do it. <laughs> that was the moment where I was like, I cannot keep running my business like this. Now the downfall, that was just the funny moment. Um, Aaron and I look back, he's my husband. We look back and we're like, I can't believe we freaking did that. Oh, and we, we accidentally booked like a really crappy Airbnb with like bars on the windows and everything at the time that this was happening. Oh my God. Anyways. Um, cause well, actually that wasn't in Puerto Rico, it was Miami, but whatever. Anyways. So the ads, the cost, this was, um, June of 2022 and the like I'm friends with a lot of Facebook ad agency owners. And so they concur that like Facebook ads were just really expensive at that time. They've definitely come down since then, but, um, it was just like, they were getting more expensive, more expensive. It was more stressful. Like we need to do these certain things. Like it's a lot of pressure on me to give a live webinar, knowing that we've spent, you know, whatever, $20,000 on ads, on ads. If I don't yeah. perform then I lose all that money. Like that is so stressful. And so I remember our Facebook ads manager at the time, he was like, like, I don't think he handled it very well, but he was like, we shouldn't work together anymore. And I was like, I, I agree. Like, this is really stressful. Um, he essentially like fired us because it was also stressful for him to run the ads. So after we got off the call with him, I was like, oh my God, like, what are we going to do? Like, this was how we were making our money. You know, we didn't really have like, cause I'm all about go all in on one thing. Cause it's so hard to make multiple things successful at the same time. We could get into that whole mindset thing, but I, we were just like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And so I went into like scarcity mode of like, okay, well, let's just do a webinar to our email list really quick. Let's make some money. And we did. And we made some, like, I don't know, 30 grand or something. And that was cool. But the real lesson here was that I, I was like, you know, we don't need to be panicking. Like, that's just how I, like, I had a lot of um, chaos in my childhood 
And then early twenties, I had a lot of chaos and I, I realized that I was carrying all of that through. And I was like, I don't actually need to be doing this, like make money yesterday chaos. And I was like, we need to really take the time to switch our mindset and think about the long term. And that's when I really started to focus on organic passive sales. Like what is this business going to look like six months from now, a year from now versus we need to make money yesterday. And so that negative experience or not, not negative experience, but like failure, I don't know. Mindset, yeah. <laughs> Downfall um, led to something better. It led to today where I am making the, I'm actually making more profit than we were when we were doing these live webinars with no ads. And I have like no stress, <laughs> like at least none coming from the business. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. Like, I know it sounds so cheesy, but it's like, I wake up to sales. I make sales when I'm on date night. Like maybe while we're doing this podcast, like, I know it sounds so cheesy. I, I literally cringe saying it, but like, it, it is it actually possible to do that. Um, and so that failure or whatever led to the business that I actually wanted. So it was definitely a good thing. Awesome. I mean, that is, I, I agree. Like every time I have a, that I'm training my brain is something that me and a couple of really close friends have talked about this. Like anytime something hard happens, we're like, Hey, get ready to make money because you're about ready to have a huge breakthrough because it puts you into problem solving. Like, okay, I got to figure this out mode. And then great things come out of it. Molly, you have shared a wealth of information. Um, we've also had a lot of fun talking. Do you want to share with us a little bit about how can people learn more about you? Tell us about you have some free courses, some free things available for people if you want to share what those are. Um, these are all available in the description down below. So make sure to click on them um, if you want to learn more about courses and what Molly does. Sure thing. So my website is freedomcreator.co. I'm not cool enough for calm yet, <laughs> but freedomcreator.co. And I do have multiple awesome free things on there for you guys. One of them is actually a free share funnel. So it's like already built out for you. You just tweak the copy and the images and you can do two things with this funnel. You can use it to build your email list with a free like PDF, or you can use it to actually sell a digital product. And then I also have a class that's free all about um, online courses. So how to grow a following, monetize it, sell your course at a premium price and all of that good stuff. And once you download any of our freebies, we invite you into our uh, private Discord community. That's right, not Facebook. Boom, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, <laughs> so yeah, anyways, we would love to have you as part of our community. Awesome. I love that you're using Discord. I use Slack for mine. Um, nice. It's so much better. So much better. Well, Molly, thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Guys, make sure that you check out her resources. Um, she knows what she's talking about when it comes to courses and how to get there. Um, I just want to say thanks for coming on. It was super fun. Um, I enjoyed thank chatting. You. Yeah, this was so much fun. I feel like we could just keep talking for hours. Awesome. <laughs> To everybody else out there, until next time, take action, change lives, make money, and we'll see you soon. Are you looking to scale your business but trying to figure out how to get your message across? Well, go to storyselling.how to grab my free course that will show you how to discover everything that you need 
to build your business through stories. These stories work whether it's in social media, email, or public speaking. There are five core stories that you'll learn. You'll be able to use all of them by the time you're done with this course. Again, that is storyselling.how. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to tune in next time.